Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Shelton. Today, I'm sitting with Karen Bedell. She is the Vice President of Brand Marketing at SurveyMonkey. She spent time at Google, at the Chicago Tribune. Really, really cool conversation talking about, you know, what is at the core of SurveyMonkey as a brand and how you could use that as a listener really to facilitate your own marketing and your own brand messaging. Sit around. This is one you're definitely going to want to hear. But before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by Cave Social. Cave Social is a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that can help you create content for social media that will grow your business. So if you're feeling stuck, you don't know where to go on social, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us, and they will help grow your business. All right, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I am sitting with Karen Bedell. Karen is the Vice President of Brand Marketing at SurveyMonkey, where she leads the in-house team responsible for brand and consumer insights, as well as brand creative, content, design, video, really the works. She was at Google before that and has spent time with a journalism career. She was with Adaptive Insights, the Chicago Tribune Media Group. Really a cool story and how she got to SurveyMonkey. Karen, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Jordan. I'm really happy to be here today. So tell me a little bit more about that. You started off your career in journalism and then how you made your way from that to ultimately Google and you know where you're at now at SurveyMonkey. Yeah, I like to start off this story by saying that I'm a proud Chicago native, originally from the southwest side of the city. And after a brief stint living and working abroad in London, uh, following my college graduation, I came home to Chicago and spent nine or so years of my career working at the storied Chicago Tribune Tower on Michigan Avenue. And I cut my teeth in reporting, covering the police beat, uh, city fires, uh, car accidents, you know, all the stuff that you hear about on the police scanner. I would be in my car and driving to the scene to get breaking news and more details about those stories and report them back to our wire service that supplied news to the local radio and TV stations and newspapers. So I really learned about journalism from being on the beat and, and covering, covering news in that respect, and then transitioned to cover city entertainment and nightlife for the Chicago Tribune's digital entertainment guide. And it was a great way for me to learn about the importance of asking good questions and continuing to ask questions and follow up to, to really uncover what the story is at play and find new ways to bring that story to life through different formats, whether that was writing for print, creating a story for the local television station, or, you know, finding a way to bring it to life through our our website and our, our digital properties through multimedia. So I think that foundation in journalism, the time that I spent at the Tribune, really helped me as I transitioned into marketing. And as a brand storyteller, I had that strong foundation from journalism and reporting 
in my background. Very cool. And what made you make the jump to marketing? (laughs) Well, as I was covering city nightlife and entertainment, I started partnering more with our friends in the marketing and advertising department. We started dabbling in, you know, native advertising or, or partnerships. This was before uh, content marketing even became a thing, really. And I, I just got more curious about the business side of what we were doing. And so I decided to go to business school. Uh, I got uh, my MBA in concentration in marketing while I was continuing to work at the Tribune. So it was just kind of that curiosity about what was driving a lot of the decisions at the at the newspaper, I was watching the newspaper industry transform around me. You know, print revenues were declining and suddenly there was this increased focus on digital. And I, I just wanted to learn more about why uh, things were happening and what decisions were being made. So I transitioned into uh, marketing roles at the Tribune, started uh, to be more of a brand manager for some of our targeted media properties uh, around the city. And I learned a whole different facet of publishing through the lens of marketing. And that then led into, you know, an, an agency stint at a local Chicago agency and custom publisher. And then after a few years doing that, I had the opportunity to move out west to California, and I've been working in the tech space for the last six or so years. Very cool. I always like hearing people's real journey to marketing and, you know, how they started, when, especially on the brand side and brand storytelling. And like you said, you know, at that time, content marketing, it really wasn't a term until I think HubSpot, I would say, made it very mainstream when it comes to marketing. Cool. So you're there, you then get into tech, Mm -hmm. you're working at Google, and then you get a new position, you hired on at SurveyMonkey. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but March of this year, correct? Um, Close. I mean, March is when I started working from home for SurveyMonkey, but I joined joined mid-January. Okay. So you joined mid-January, getting your feet Mm -hmm. wet, and suddenly it's COVID, (laughs) work from home, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever Q2 plan you had, you guys just crumple it up or what happened there? This year, 2020 has been surreal for so many of us. But, you know, here I was excited to come in, join a new company, lead our big in-house brand team. And I'm learning the business. I'm learning about our products in the surveys, market research and customer experience space. You know, all the history of our company, our go-to-market strategy, meeting people, getting to know my team. And after eight or nine weeks in the office, you know, March 11th hits and we're in the shelter in place, work from home environment. And I, I have to figure out how to, you know, still onboard and ramp up, but add value in a, in a whole new way uh, and lead remotely. So that was a, a huge challenge. And when we went into that, that shift, interestingly, we were just about to launch a new campaign for our customer experience solution for Salesforce, which is called Get Feedback. We had an out-of-home media buy and campaign in place to essentially greet our prospects as they were traveling and en route to a conference. So we had an in-flight magazine ad in United Hemispheres magazine. We had digital airport kiosks, billboards, rideshare car wraps, bus and train public transport wraps, and then some digital retargeting ads. This launched, I think, a day or so before 
air traffic pretty much came to a grinding halt and no one was traveling. So we were lucky enough that we were in a place to kind of halt and stop some of the out of home component. But to your point, we really had to sort of rip up the playbook and take a step back and figure out, all right, where do we go from here? We had some events coming up. Those either were canceled or shifting to a full virtual format. So it really made our marketing leadership team come together and find new ways to focus and reimagine our programs. Given that everyone was working from home, travel wasn't happening anymore, and we really needed to lean in more than ever to the digital space. And, you know, with SurveyMonkey being around over 20 years, when that happens, do you as a company take the, you know, measure twice, cut once approach similar to what Apple does or something that's more along the lines of what's been reported at Google, where it's a much more, hey, let's move fast, let's break things, let's test things, you know, throw a bunch of ideas at the wall and we'll see what comes out. Where do you guys fit on that, I guess, spectrum? (laughs) Where do we, that's a good question. Where do we fit on that spectrum? Well, I would say, you know, given that I'm still fairly new to SurveyMonkey, I I can only speak to what I've experienced. And probably in the first few weeks after COVID-19 hit and we found ourselves in a global pandemic, there was probably a little bit of both. But what I will say is we do have um, a strong focus on feedback and data. And no surprise, surveys and research are really important to the way that we plan and do our work. Insights are key. So we have a cross-functional team that is focused on optimizing our website and all roads that lead to the website. And that combination of growth teams from product and growth marketing have really allowed us to be focused on testing and experimentation and iteration based on data. So a lot of that is, you know, what we've seen over our 20-year history based on the data and the insights that we have there but also responding to new traffic patterns, to spikes in new use cases for surveys and how feedback collection was being used as you know businesses and communities around the world found themselves uh, adapting. So I would say that we are certainly guided by data and insights and that curiosity, which is part of our DNA. But there is a little bit of, especially as as the world shifts without warning, a little bit of, well, let's just try that. And uh, we might not have the data to support it. Right, which is one of those things, especially being a data company, is balancing data and insights with creativity, mm-hmm. right? When we, we talk with a lot of businesses and it always comes down to how do you, at what point do you say, okay, I have, we have to take this creative chance, right? Because I believe personally insights can get you, you know, 95% there, 90% there, yeah. but then still enabling the creatives to go out and really, you know, take those chances. So what I would say is if you guys have been around, you know, 20 years, you're coming in, how do you help your creatives and manage your your marketing team to really help keep a growth mindset and also keep them pushing past just what the data says. Yeah. Well, that growth mindset, as I mentioned earlier, it is it's part of our DNA. It's reflected in our company mission and our brand promise to power the curious. It's also called out in one of our five corporate values as stay curious. And we really believe that curiosity is our superpower. Curiosity at work also happens to be the name of our blog. But finding ways to keep the team creatively inspired and curious, especially over the last couple of months, has been challenging 
challenging. So often you find creative teams coming together in the same room to apply design thinking and creative brainstorming techniques to come up with you know, a great campaign headline or uh, different approaches to visual expression. We're always looking for ways to evolve our brand. And that's harder when you're all in a different location and you know months into back-to-back Zoom calls where you're suffering from that video conferencing fatigue. How do you stay inspired? I'd say some of the things that we've been doing uh, across our market marketing org and, and, and brand team are continuing to share inspiration through Slack channels and virtual work sessions. We just held a global marketing offsite the other week where we had our peers teach each other different aspects of marketing in 30-minute sessions. So we covered things like Tableau and Google Analytics, market research best practices, how to manage a cross-functional project. I've even been leading some you know, creative working sessions within our brand org as we're looking for ways to bring new campaigns to life. And it's certainly a little bit more challenging, but I think there's a a lot of brands forced to rethink their playbooks and experiment now. So we've been trying to share that inspiration with each other uh, just to stay stay inspired. I love it. And it, it's one of those things where, you know, the world was trending this way with more work from home and uh, more digital collaboration. And then we kind of all got forced, <laughs> you know, very swiftly to, hey, you guys all need to figure it out right now. Everyone, everyone, (laughs) it's game on. Everybody needs to figure it out. That's really cool. I really like that idea of incorporating the, um, the teaching and allowing people to teach others. It's something that I bet our listeners, if they're running an org, will definitely, uh, are probably writing down for as notes right now. Now you've been there for a bit, but anytime in your career, can you tell me about a campaign you launched that you were really pumped up about that didn't have the standard KPIs, but then you really thought was a valuable or, or didn't return, you know, investment when it comes to standard KPIs, but overall you really thought was a valuable lesson for you or, or the, your team that you were working with? Oh, that that's a tough one to think back over the course of my career history when I was first thinking about this, I really think about that experience where we tried to launch a campaign mid-March of this year, right? We had huge Mm -hmm. expectations for it. We are more of a performance marketing driven company than a brand marketing company in the sense of where we invest in, in our campaigns. So we were super excited to be able to do this brand campaign and had big expectations to provide air cover for our sales team. And then this fell through. And this is a first chance for us to really highlight some of our key capabilities in CX and customer experience. Most people know us for surveys. So that was certainly a learning for us because we had planned multiple activities around, you know, getting this air cover for sales and and didn't have that. But I'd have to think a little bit more about that to see if there's anything else from my campaign archives to share with you. Totally. And that that makes sense. And like you're saying, and this is still playing out, right? How you guys transition, how your team transitioned to work from home, new strategies, new collaboration techniques, and how that will play out. Now, marketing, I think, has probably changed the most, at least in my lifetime or my career in the last three months with regards to how people have had to 
really know when to time their message, when it's appropriate for them to have a voice or to stay to the sideline, what channels to use. And with that change and it rapidly changing, do you all... I call it shiny new object syndrome where we go and we chase, hey, we need a TikTok account and then a brand signs up for an account. They make seven TikToks and then realize that, wait a sec, (laughs) we need to get back. What are we doing? We got to get back to our core principles. How do you balance paying attention to all of the channels and there will be another TikTok, I'm sure, and it'll be called something else and knowing really when is the right time to strike and start creating content for those channels? Do you feel like there's a tipping point that leads you to say, okay, we should make a move here and, and you know, create Instagram campaign or is there a moment? Does it by feel or does it come back to insights? I, I would say that we're, we're certainly guided by insights, but yeah, I've <laughs> hearing you describe that, certainly smiling and and laughing, thinking of how in previous roles in particular, that shiny new object syndrome has has really been a key driver in in channels we pursue and in campaigns we develop. But I I would say at SurveyMonkey, you know, we're fortunate to have built a, a pretty strong audience over 20 years. And so we know which channels are resonating with our customers and where it makes sense for us to invest our efforts. Efforts. Our social channels are run by our uh, communications team. So that is not directly part of my brand organization, though we certainly partner closely with them as we look at where our audience is and how we might want to evolve over time. We are on Instagram, and I'd say that's a really great platform for us to use to showcase our unique culture. A little bit harder to do now in a in an you know work from home environment but just showcase some of the best of of the survey monkey brand and our culture in that platform and linkedin has been you know really great for us as a B2B organization to connect with professionals in the market research and customer experience space. And we've been investing a lot in building our audience and engagement up there because that's been a fantastic way to build community amongst professionals where there's a, in that platform, just a different comfort level in, in sharing experiences on the job versus, you know, taking something to Twitter where you never know where a comment's going to send the conversation. It's a little (laughs) bit more of of a back and forth. So we certainly let data guide where we go. We don't have a TikTok strategy in the works. It doesn't make sense for our brand today. But, you know, there are certain brands where it might make sense to be a first mover and and get into those spaces and, and see what the early audiences are experimenting with and figure out if it's right for your brand. I think maybe that's a better place for CPG companies and you know retail mm-hmm. brands to explore. But but given our, our focus and, and really trying to expand more within enterprise audience, I, I think we're, we'll probably stay where we're at for now. <laughs> I, I feel you. I think you hit the nail on the head with, and you know, we run a social media agency and I'll say to clients all the time, I say, look, social is meant, especially in the B2B space is community, customer service, recruiting. And it can be a great sales channel and we can run ads, we can do retargeting, we can do all this stuff, but really let's come back to you know community and customer service. And then like you said, when you're highlighting culture on the platform, it really can become a powerful recruiting tool. Mm-hmm. And that I think a lot of times companies can forget that, that that's such a key component is that when you have top tier talent, they are evaluating you and and 
being making decisions subconsciously or consciously through the media they ingest that your company's putting out, mm-hmm. right? And it, I think it's so, so important to do that on the appropriate platforms. And to one more thing to add on to what you said, I completely agree. Twitter can be a very... Your narrative can get hijacked very quickly on Twitter <laughs> if you're going for <laughs> from a brand account. So I'm always a little bit uh, tentative about <laughs> yeah <laughs> proceeding. That. I, I do have to say, you know, the the one thing that's funny about my career journey, and I shared this with our internal team um, a couple months into the job during a fireside chat, is I was working at the Chicago Tribune Company when Twitter kind of entered our world. I remember being part of those conversations uh, amongst our marketing team, like, oh, should, well, should we be on Twitter? You know, is, is that where we need to be? I remember laughing at the time thinking like, is this really where we're, we're taking our marketing to this, to this format and this platform? And here we are, you know, seeing it be a massive communication channel for politics and in media and advertising. But yeah, it's, it's funny to watch how it's evolved over its history. Yeah. It seems, it probably seems like forever ago. And then also five minutes ago simultaneously. Yeah, exactly. But that, I think that's everything in, in today's world of, of shelter-in-place work from home, right? It's like the Groundhog Day scenario and time has no meaning anymore. Oh, yeah. Tiger King. I watched that four years ago. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's I, I'm right there with you. Now, digging into SurveyMonkey a little bit, right? And like we've established, been around for a while, have competitors in the space. However, I would argue none of which are as well known. How does SurveyMonkey's story really differ from, you know, the Qualtrics, Jotforms, Google surveys? How does positioning and the story, how do you guys tie that back in, I guess, to, to brand? And what is the big differentiator? That's a good question. You know, I would say first, just to familiarize folks with the SurveyMonkey portfolio, most people have come to know us for our, our core product, which is you know, available for individuals and consumer users through free plans or the opportunity to upgrade to different plan types all the way up to a large enterprise uh, plan. And most people have come to know us because of the virality of our product, right? In our 20-year history, surveys have been sent to over 6 billion respondents. So you've likely taken a SurveyMonkey survey or sent one out yourself. And that's helped us grow the brand very organically. But when it comes to positioning and story and, and how we're able to differentiate ourselves amongst competitors, you know, across the spectrum from servicing consumers and individuals to those large enterprises, we really do lean into our our mission and our brand purpose statement to power the curious. And we believe that we have enterprise grade technology, but with that consumer approachability that makes it really accessible and seamless for anyone to collect feedback and take action. So that's been key for us, that speed to insights, the ability to get into our product and get up and running very quickly versus a longer, more traditional enterprise implementation that requires professional services and all of these add-ons just to ensure that folks have access to use it, you know, you can get up and running 
in a day with our technology. In fact, we have a suite of expert solutions that are geared towards market researchers and brand leaders where we allow you to do product concept testing or testing of brand messages, logos, ad creative, what have you, and get results in a day by uploading your creative and tapping into our global audience panel to get results and a, a score, an automated scorecard that shows you which of your messages or which of your brand creatives are resonating more strongly with a specific audience. So that's our differentiator, that agility, the ability to do the market research and surveys yourself versus having to rely on, you know, more timely or expensive implementations and services. Now, very cool. And it makes so much sense, you know, to the corporate side of things. And one thing that I think is worth noting again and coming back to the company's core mission and really that curiosity is at you know the focal point and right at the front and what i think that does and what listeners can take away from this is when you have something like being curious as your identity it allows you to be wrong right yep. it allows you to find out it allows you to go through test and find out or change your mind and use the insights to do so so i absolutely love that because uh, you know i was asked on a podcast this about a year ago, someone said, how do you define yourself? You have come up with a word. And I said, learner, uh-huh. right? And because that gives me the ability to be wrong and I can continually go seek out. And it's really along the lines of the, the curiosity. So I am, uh, from a creative standpoint, I love that. I love that from a business standpoint, sales. I think that is uh, something that probably more businesses and hopefully listeners can take and you know weave into their own their own marketing and own identity a little bit. I think that's very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one other thing I'd I'd add to that is that curiosity, you you see it come to life in our products. You see it come to life in our culture, in our, our brand visuals. And that has really been one of our differentiators that we hear from customers and prospects all the time. You feel that approachability, that fun, that helpfulness, that more humorous and human angle of our brand come through in the product our, you know, our culture, our, our salespeople, our troop, which is what we call our employees. And so I think that's what's really helped us continue to grow and be successful over 20 years and, and stand out from the likes of other, other service providers. I love it. And I love the down to earth, the human aspect that you have all put out with SurveyMonkey. I think it's fantastic. Now, Karen, before I let you go, let people know where they can learn more about you or what SurveyMonkey has got going on. Yeah. Where's the best place to learn more? Yeah. Well, I would say, first of all, I should probably say you can find me on Twitter at Karen Budell. And I'm also on LinkedIn. And in terms of what SurveyMonkey is up to, you know, I would encourage folks to check out surveymonkey.com slash coronavirus, because that's where we've been collecting different use cases and applications for our surveys and research technology, given the world that we're all living in today. You know, it's so important to capture feedback from your constituents, your customers, your users and community and take action on it. And that's one page where we've been trying to surface templates and resources to help companies figure out 
how they're going to reimagine their workplace or return to work safely in the future. Very cool. And I will put those links in the show notes. So if you're on your podcast app, just click the show notes link and you'll get access to all of that right away. Karen, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Jordan. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, please hit like, share, subscribe, all those fun buttons at the bottom of the podcast, and I'll catch you next time. Oh.